Well, open up to the book of Proverbs. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you about something I know a lot about, and it's pride. Um, I wish that, uh, I was thinking the other way I could intro this, is I know what your problem is. Uh, it's pride. And and my problem is pride as well. In fact, uh, I think all the sins that I commit and struggle with, continue to struggle with, have some connection to being proud and pride in front of a holy God. Uh, this is what we're going to talk about this morning uh, from the book of Proverbs. Let me pray for us. God, um, as we come to this subject of pride, I ask that you would channel our thoughts, that you would uh, place them in the proper uh, perspective. God, we struggle with even talking about and thinking about pride and getting a clear picture of what it is in your eyes. And God, it seems so difficult to walk away from it, to take steps away from pride to that right position before you. And God, I ask that you would use this time that your word would resonate in our hearts, that it would mark us and change us. God, I ask that the work of the Holy Spirit would be uh, evident in our our time this morning, um, that you would change us into what you want us to be. God, thank you for this time. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm good enough. Let me tell you about this one time where I did something really great. Uh, You know, thoughts of our mind. I I wish you would stop talking because I have a real great story where I am the hero. You think of all the different thoughts that we have. Maybe we think about our kids and we say, my kids never did that. My kids never did that. Um, Maybe we just have the phrase, where someone offers to help, and we say, I got it. I I got this taken care of. I can do it uh, by my own self. Someone suggests another way, and we say, I'll I'll do it my own way, thank you. Or maybe you hear or watch someone uh, say something or do something, and you say, I have a better idea than they have. I know the better way to do that. Or maybe we think that's below me to do, to stoop and to do something. And maybe we trick ourselves into thinking, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. We live in a culture and a time and a place and we have a sinful heart. We live in a sinful culture that that calls us to say, how can I be the best? How can I be the best? When we're on a, a team, we're on a team, and we think, well, who needs to start? I need to start. I'm the best. Who's the fastest? I'm the fastest. Who, who can throw it the farthest? I can throw it the farthest. And even in our failure, even in our failure, when it's clear, we choose to highlight other things and divert attention away from our failure. How'd the game go? Oh, it went pretty good. I didn't strike out. What was the score? Oh, we lost 10 to nothing. You lost 10 to nothing? Yeah, but I didn't strike out. You know, we we divert into those things. Why is that? 
In fact, it's one of our great motivation things that we talk to people about all the time. He said, show some pride. Show some pride. You're better than this. You're the best, in fact. And we, we puff ourselves up and go, yeah, I am the best. I am, I am better than they are. I, I am someone that, you know, I, I gotta think more of myself and then I'll succeed. And then I will truly be the best. This morning, as I've uh, contemplated and gone over Proverbs, and once again, not in a sense of gotten all the verses and all the thoughts when it, in regards to pride. This morning, I'd like to give you 10 points on how to be humble, how to be humble. And even as I say that, uh, it's, it's, it's a tough thought because it's no longer seeking to be the best but seeking to be the least, seeking to be the least. How do we get there? I realize the the values have been turned upside down in this one. That the the very thing that we are seeking, we are taught not to seek. And yet, as we look at the book of Proverbs, we'll see God has a different idea that in all His wisdom, in all His perfection, in His creation of us, He shows us a better way. And it's how to be humble. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. How, how do we take steps toward being humble? How do we begin to be that? Number one, don't talk about yourself or your accomplishments. Don't talk about yourself or your accomplishments. This is going to be hard for some of us, right? How many of you, when you were young, uh, you got an A on your spelling test, they put it up on the refrigerator? Come on, raise your hand. Some of you are going, I can't remember getting an A, you know. For me, we, uh, we, we made it a plaque. We realized it wasn't going to happen very often, so we wanted it to be something permanent, Right? And, and we look at that. It's a way of encouragement, right? This is what you can do. And we've been taught to talk about our accomplishments. For those of you who have uh, had a resume, uh, built a resume even recently, what, what are you supposed to do? Talk about how great you are. And then as you talk about them, as you rewrite it, you go, ooh, that doesn't, I gotta make this sound better than it actually was. I, I remember, um, you know, I'll confess to you many years ago uh, when I came to Bear Valley Church as a youth pastor. I think I shared this before. But um, so when you're young, some of you are young here this morning, uh, you realize writing a resume is torturous, right? Because there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. So I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to be the youth pastor of Bear Valley Church, and I really haven't done anything yet. So I'm trying to fill up lines and stuff like this, and I was so pleased with myself. I remember it was late one night. I was writing my resume, um, and I was a resident assistant at the Master's College, and I was trying to describe what that was. It really wasn't much, but um, uh, one of my lines in there was planned and executed um, activities to promote unity of the brethren. That was good, huh? That was good. 
We went bowling once a week, and uh, I kind of gathered the troops together and made sure everyone was going. That's the way we... That's the way we like to talk. We like to take things that are simple and insignificant and make them look great. If you want to be humble, if you want to be humble, if you want to be what God wants you to be, don't talk about yourself or your accomplishments. Have the focus be on the Lord or somebody else. Push it away. Don't, don't be willing to be the one that brags about the things that you have done. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2 says this. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. You're to push that stuff away. You're to not be the one to say... Hey, I want to tell you how great I am right now. And some of you say, well, I'd never say that. Put a tape recorder on yourself. Mic it, right? Put that microphone on yourself and, and then play it back and realize how much we talk about ourselves. You know, I, I worked harder at my job than anybody else. That's why I got a promotion, you know. You know, all, all the other loafers that I work with, man, they never. but me, whew, diligent. I honor the Lord at my work. Sometimes we even cover it in that, don't we? That, you know, we're working for the Lord, but we're not afraid to tell everyone about it too, right? Push that stuff away that we would not be willing to talk about ourselves and our accomplishments. This is how we're humbled. You know, that's hard. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We're prone to talking about ourselves. Number two. Number two. In Proverbs chapter 29, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23. The second point this morning, to be humble is to learn to love the lowly place. Love the lowly place. Verse 23 says this. One's pride will bring him low. But he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. He who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. Uh, Part of the picture of the book of Proverbs, this verse and a few of the ones we're going to look at further, is to seek it as valuable, to love the lowly place. In in a group, I, I think that as we gather as a group, most of the time we size up where we fit in. We ask the question, who, who's the king here? Who's the servant? And if I'm not the king, how far am I down the line from the king? Where is my position? The Bible tells us that the lowly place is the place of honor. Of honor. It's the best place. And so for us, we need to retrain our hearts in the Lord to say, I need to find the place of lowliness. In my family, I need to find the place of where I can be lower than everybody else. In my marriage, I need to find myself in a place of service. If you're a student among your peers, you say, I need to find that place where I am lowly where I serve 
one another? If I'm on a team, how can I serve this team? If I'm at work, how can I serve my peers? You know, the picture of this is one that's been talked about much in the church over the last, I guess, 20 or 30 years, the idea of servant leadership. It's the idea of not that you don't have another position, but that in your position, wherever you are, you seek to serve those around you. That's the picture of Proverbs, that we should learn to love the lowly place. Love it, to cherish it, to seek it. Number three, turning over to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. We've looked at this uh, verse before, but you need to have a desire to be wise. A desire to be wise. Verse 2 says this, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Humble is wisdom. If you don't desire to be wise... If you, if you don't want to be wise, you will never humble yourself. You'll never get there. Why, why are those two connected? Because it's the picture of being a learner, of being lowly, of having God change you and constantly be reforming you. It's the picture of taking your spot of being one that doesn't have it all going on. I know that's difficult for us as I think about it in my own mind and the life that I live. I don't like this position. But if I don't like the position of humility, I don't want to be wise. I want to continue in my own foolish ways. In fact, uh, the as we talked about this last week, there's many times there's something we need to get rid of so that we can put something else on. And in this verse, it's pride. And why do we put off pride? Why do we not want to be proud? Instead, be humble and wise? Why? Look at it. When pride comes, then disgrace. Disgrace. That doesn't sound like a nice word. I don't want to be disgraced. I don't want to be shamed. Well, then I need to desire, want to be wise. That was number three, to want to be wise. Number four. Uh, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. I know we're flipping around in the scriptures quite a bit, but please try to hang in there with me. Very similar to one of the other passages that we looked at. Uh, 15, verse 33 says this, The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Before honor. When you think about that, uh, you think about the end, not just the day. My point here is this if you want to be humble, is you need to consider the end, not just the day. It's difficult to do that, right? Uh, it's difficult in a in a culture that wants things right now. Uh, I knew of a man who was trying to teach purity to his daughter. And as she was very young, uh, three, four, five, and six, 
from time to time she would come he would come to her and he, he'd say, "You know, I, I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a gift." And he says, "I don't know what to give you. I, I have this uh this piece of candy right here, this, you know, small hard candy. I I want to either give you this or I have $10. Uh, next week I'll take you out and I'll I'll buy you anything you want for $10. Do you want the candy? Or, or do you want the $10 gift? And as a, a child, as she grew, she always had this decision from time to time. And uh, most of the time, especially in the early days, she'd say, give me the candy. Give me the candy. I want it now. I, I want what there is today. And yet uh, he had said, there's something better waiting for you, more than uh, a few five cent worth of candy. I'm much more for you later. And for us to be humble, to understand that this is not good for us today, we must consider the end, not just what is happening today. We want to grab for it now. We want to have the the notoriety. We want to have people call us awesome. And yet the end is this. The fear of the Lord is the instruction and wisdom, and humility comes before honor. You say, well, when will this happen in God's time as a result of living faithfully with Him? Humility comes before honor. Number five. Number five. Now, this one's going to sound kind of weird. Okay, I just want to warn you about this. It's going to sound pretty pragmatic. Okay? But if you want to be humble, if you want to be humble, and this is one of the steps, you need to seek the good life. Seek the good life. That sounds like a good commercial, right? Seek the good life in Bear Valley Springs. Oh. Seek, uh, seek all the pleasure that you can have. And you're like, that sounds awful. No, seek the good life. Look at Proverbs chapter, let's look at 22 verse 4 first. This sounds so wrong, what I'm going to read to you, okay? The reward for humility and fear of the Lord, meaning relationship with Him, right relation, seeking that humble spot, is riches and honor and life. You know, that, that's the picture of the good life, isn't it? Riches, honor, and life. It, it's this picture that God will reward those who humbly walk before him. And and sometimes in our in our warped way of thinking, we go, "Oh, if I'm humble, I'm going to have a terrible life. If I really walk in relationship with God humbly, oh, it's going to be terrible." Flip over to Proverbs chapter 3, another verse that uh says this very similarly. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34. Verse 34 says this, 3 verse 34, uh, it says, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. He gives favor. 
you get the picture here that the God of the universe, the one who controls everything all the time, the one who sees everything that you do, the one who watches over and loves you, what is to the one who rejects and is scornful, there's a sense of pushing away. But to the one who is humble is his favor. Is his favor. You get that picture? Do you want your life to be marked by the favor of God? Doesn't that sound great? That he would look upon your days and that he would grant you his favor? Do, do you get that picture? Um, if you're in a classroom at school, if you're in a classroom at school, do you want to be the teacher's favorite? Do you? Didn't happen often enough, right? There's a sense where you're always jealous of, oh, they, you know, they're their favorite. They can do anything. When you struggle and you say, hey, uh, uh, teacher, I, I, I didn't get my homework done. It was a rough, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're special to me. You're special to me. Oh, you know, uh, I, I'm having a tough day. Come here, come here. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You, you love the place of favor and grace and mercy. That's the place of the humble. But the other side of that, the one who's scornful and I'll do it my own way. And No, no, you're outside of God's favor. You, you don't receive the grace. You want to be humble, seek the good life. Abandon your ways right now. I think some of us need to repent right now, right? We, we say, we, we look at our life and we go, oh, my life's terrible. Oh, I don't see God's favor anywhere. Oh, he's just, he's just not blessing me. Maybe it's your own pride. Maybe it's that you've sought over and over again to be the best so that everyone would acknowledge you as great. Instead of seeking that humble place before God. You've wanted something different. You know, um, it's interesting in our relationship with God. Sometimes we fight against him, don't we? We say, God, I know you want me to be here, but I want to be over here. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. How does that work out when we fight against God? Um, he's more powerful than you are. He controls everything. He controls everything. And you're in, to a, in for a life of frustration and pain if we seek a good life apart from what he has for us, apart from his favor. So that was number five. Seek the good life, the place of grace and mercy, of favor, of in the Lord riches and honor and life. Number six. Number six. Turn over to eight, uh, chapter 18, verse 12. Number six. Um, why, why do you not stick your hand in the fire? Why do you try to pay attention when you're hammering nails? Okay. Uh, I grew up in a carpenter's home, and there were many days of purple thumbs, right? You know, I did it plenty myself. 
why do we why do we avoid pain? Why do we avoid pain? Well, it's similar to what we're uh, looking at this morning. Why should we? Uh, how, how do we get humble? We consider the dangers of pride. Verse chapter eighteen, verse twelve. This is what it says. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Let me uh, let me add another verse to that. Proverbs chapter twenty-two. I'm sorry, that's not right. Fifteen, verse twenty-five. Verse 25 of chapter 15 says this, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. I, I, I read these verses that talk about being haughty or proud, and then destruction comes. And the picture of the proud man, that God looks to his house and he says, I'm going to tear it down. I'm going to tear it down. I, I get this awful picture. I get this awful picture and it makes me sick that, that God will oppose me. That he will take apart the very things that I'm trying to work on because of my pride. And, and if I don't think pride is a big deal, what happens? I just continue to walk in it, right? Oh, it's only pride, right? It's not like a big deal. And yet, because of my pride, because of my pride, God goes about opposing me, and not just opposing me, destroying the very things that I would cherish. In, in 15, the idea is that, that he would be the one, in verse 25, that he would be the one to tear down the house of the proud. You've seen this, right? I heard a statistic um, that I think it was in the NFL, in the NFL, that 85% of the the players that made more than six million dollars, more than six million dollars in NFL football, ten years after they they're done playing, they're broke, they're penniless. Why is that? Well, it's a picture of this. It's easy to pick on the NFL, right? Have any of you ever played in the NFL? We have not. We look at those people and we say, oh, they're foolish. That's what, that's what happened. Their pride, uh, it, there's a sense of destruction to their house that's because of their pride and time, God takes care of that. Hey, we, we've seen it in our own life, haven't we? We said, I'm going to do it our own way. I, I don't need you, Lord. I, can, I have my own ideas. I, I'm, I'm all about myself. You know what? In His grace, He tears that down. He allows us not to trust in that. The other picture in chapter 15 is the one that would seemingly not be uh, protected and able to take care of themselves, the widow. And what does it say about the widow? It says that the Lord protects her. He maintains the, the widow's boundaries. It's that he protects her and her staff. You get this picture here. If you want to be humble, you need to consider the the dangers of your own pride. 
When, when you hear it coming out of your mouth and the things that you, no one even hears in your heart, you go, oh, that's got a, that's danger to me and my family. Why is your family at risk? It's because of my own pride. And if I don't pay attention to that, if I don't learn to re, be repulsed by that, eventually it'll bring destruction to me and my family. Consider the dangers of pride. Number seven, number seven. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 19. If you want to be humble, chapter 16, verse 19 says this. It is better, um, I'm sorry, verse... 16, verse 18 and 19. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be lowly in spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. As we consider this, um, you realize that what God has seen, the lowly spirit, that this is the place for him, that he considers that, that as God looks upon our life, this is so important for us to see, that he considers it a bad place for you to be proud. And you say, what, what's the big idea? Who cares? You know, why is that such a big deal? This is what it is. God made you. God made you. And he loves you. How, how do you know he loves you? How do you know he loves you? It says so. It says so. It tells us a story, a story of redemption, right? Of sinners, of sinners coming to a place of salvation at a cost of his own son. He loved us so much to send his son. And yet as we look at this, sometimes we look at, at our own pride and our own pride not being a bad thing. So we need to consider pride what it is. It's a bad thing for us in the eyes of God. Number eight. Consider what God thinks about your pride. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13 says this, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. I hate. What does God think about our pride? He hates it. He hates it. Um, when you're in a marriage relationship, for you who aren't married, this is a premarital counseling, okay? This is premarital counseling. Um, this is in prepar- preparation for being married. Um, there's a tip-off in your relationship that you should really pay attention to that. When your wife or husband says something like this, I hate that. That should be a tip-off to you, okay? Um, if you're cooking a meal and they taste it and they go, oh, I hate this, that should be a tip-off, okay? And what's it a tip-off for? They're clearly communicating with you that this is something they don't want to see happen again. 
It may be selfish. It may be just their own opinion. But they're communicating with you clearly. Now, when God communicates with you, some of you are super selfish and picky and high maintenance and everything else, right? 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 If you want to point to someone, it's okay. We'll do postmarital counseling afterwards, right? But, um, but some of you, when you say that, when you say that kind of stuff, you're just being selfish. But God is clearly communicating with us. He's clearly communicating. The difference being, He is an all-wise, holy, loving God. And what does He say? He says, when it, when it comes to your pride, I hate it. I hate it. Do you, are you in relationship with God? Do you have a relationship with Him where you're walking with Him in humility? You know what He thinks of our pride? He hates it. He hates it. So we should consider that in our relationship with Him. What does God think about our pride? Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. We've looked at this one already. We take steps every day. We take steps in our life every day. We make decisions that lead us down a road. Uh, even the study of Proverbs, right? We're looking for that freeway, the place where it would be a good place for us to travel. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, I realize that much of life, much of life, is meandering in our eyes, right? How did you get to this place in your life? Did you chart a course when you were five? And you say, I know where I'm going to be when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I'm 70. I, I kind of have this all planned out, and I'm just following this plan, a map, if you will. Um, much of life, much of life is walking without a map, no GPS, right? There's no sense of uh, getting from point A to point B. A lot of it's backtracking, right? A lot of it's wandering in the wilderness, right? Going in circles. But you know this, that each step you take, each day you live is going to take you a certain place. And as I look at the scripture and I, I consider what it is that we are doing and how we are living, it is leading us to a place. In chapter 16, verse 18, you've got to ask the question, where is my pride or where, is hum- where will humility lead me? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. You say... I took a step of pride today. I heard myself say something. I, I lived a certain way. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's a bubble inflating is what it is. Your pride is a, a bubble inflating, right? And it just continues to grow. And you say, nothing happened. I'm fine. I'm fine. The Word of God teaches us something different. That God says about our pride, He says, your pride, it goes before destruction and this haughty spirit before the fall. Before it, it brings us down, our own pride does that. So we should consider where pride 
and as well as humility will lead you. Number 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. I love how this comes back to um, us all the time. If you want to walk humbly before God, think deeply about you and God. You and God. Or God and you. Think deeply about your relationships. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 7 says this, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The picture here is this, of your pride, of your pride. Uh, this is how we build our pride. We say, uh, who am I smarter than? Who am I smarter than? I'll compare myself to them. Uh, who am I stronger than? I'll compare myself to them, at least in the area that I'm stronger than them, right? Uh, I'll, I'll compare myself. Who, who am I better looking than? Who am I taller than? Who am I, uh, you know, I can do this better. Who am I richer than? Who, you know, all these things. Who am I healthier than? I, any of these things. We compare ourselves and we consider ourselves wise in our own eyes. We judge ourselves. We turn those eyes and we look at our own life and go, huh, pretty great. Pretty great. But, but it, that, that's not what life is meant to be. Life is, is, was not meant to be staring in a mirror. It was not meant to be comparing ourselves to one another. Our life was meant to be lived in relationship with a holy God. In chapter 3, verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Be in relationship with Him. You know, um, humility um, is easy, is easy when we compare ourselves to God. It's easy. It's so simple. It's so clear. You know, when we compare ourselves to the weak, we might find ourselves to be uh, measure up pretty good. But yet, when we compare ourselves to God, when we think of ourselves in in reference to Him, but we go, "Oh, I'm lowly. I'm humble. I'm unworthy." And He says, "Yes, you are." I'll take you in relationship with that. that. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with you. This morning, I hope that as we've looked at this issue of pride and humility, that we want to be humble. That we're looking for opportunities to be humble. We're not looking for opportunities to be great. We realize the only great one we have is God. And so we seek those opportunities. We realize the danger if we don't walk with him. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, God, thank you for not throwing us and casting us aside in our pride. Lord, I, I assume that as we've looked at pride this morning, um, that it has pierced each of our hearts. That we have uh, plenty of pride in our lives and plenty of areas where we... Um, it should just be sad for us to see how we've inflated our view of ourselves. God, I pray that you would help us to get to that humble place before you where we would love to find your favor. We would love to understand the blessing that it is for us to walk humbly with you. God, thank you for your patience with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.